The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Let's look to the Lord in prayer before we preach. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have once again tonight to spend time together as your family to sing your praises. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us breath to do such that. Your word is clear. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Thank you, Father, for being so good to us, for showering us with your blessing and your grace and your goodness and glory. And we thank you for your promise that no good thing will he withhold from them who trusteth in you. Lord, we are so thankful that, Lord, there's so many billions of people in this world and so many who have not heard, and yet we've been so privileged to hear the word of God, and that, Lord, you've saved us, and you've called us. You've called us to be apart from this world, to live a holy life, and to be your ambassadors. I thank, you, I thank you, dear Lord, that we could re- represent the, the Lord God of heaven. We could be ambassadors for Christ everywhere on this earth. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would um, give us a fresh manna from on high. And Lord, we pray that you would guide uh, the remaining time that we have. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, O oh Lord my strength and my redeemer. And I thank you for the church family. Lord, I pray that you would bless the camp out, that, Lord, you would even bless tonight as we look into your word. I pray that you would move upon our hearts and help us to have the right response and help us to not just, again, be hearers, but truly to be a doer. Your word is clear that if we just hear, but we don't do, we're just deceiving our own selves. We thank you for the mirror of God's word. That shows us who we really are. But more importantly, it shows us who you really are. And where we need to be conformed to the image of, of thy son. And please do your work. And we'll thank you for it. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, how many of us could ever say, or dare say, that you could say, you know, I, I think I pray enough. Or, can any of us say, you know, um, I can pray more. There's only one commandment in the Bible that God tells us that we shouldn't stop doing. And what commandment is that? In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. It doesn't tell us to you know, sing without ceasing or to preach without ceasing, but it does tell us to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. I know we looked at Daniel's and his friends praying together, and they prayed because their life was at stake. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was very upset. If no one interpreted the dream or even told him what his dream was, he was going to cut them in, into pieces. But I fear sometimes that the only time we resort to prayer is when we need a miracle. Let me give some examples here. 
Um, I know that uh, living in America, usually um, we, most of us probably realize that it's important to learn how to drive. Um, if we don't learn how to drive, life can be very, very inconvenient because the public transportation system uh, it just leaves us where, hey, I think we just need to drive, or learn how to drive, and be able to drive. Um, how many of us, if I take a, a brief survey here in this auditorium, how many of us maybe have driven maybe over 10,000 miles in their life? 10,000. That's pretty, pretty easy, right? Um, how many have driven maybe 20,000 miles? Now you say, Brother Wombo, my, my car, well, let's say, how many of you know, I don't know if you keep track, because you need to have an oil change every, every how many, how often do you need an oil change? Okay, and, and on your car, how many mileage have you put in your car? <laughs> how many? 150? Okay, how many think you've driven half a million miles? There might be some who've driven half a million miles. Okay, and you know what happens in life? Let's be honest, you drive so often, how many, and you don't need to raise your hand, I'm not asking for a confession, um, but you know, you don't need to uh, confess, this is not a confession, okay? So, but how many, how many, honestly, I mean, you've driven so much, I mean, tens of thousands of miles, but we're an expert driver. Some of you, you've probably driven maybe 50,000 miles, you've never been cited, you've never gotten a ticket for anything. Uh, a California row, uh, running a red light, you haven't uh, got caught for speeding, you've, not, you've never even been in an accident. And it's so easy where we say, you know, I don't need to pray, traveling mercies, but what is that? It's, it's very easy, isn't it? It's easy for me sometimes. I think, I don't know how many, how many tens of thousands of miles I've driven. But you get behind a car and you're just ready to turn on ignition and go. And not realizing how important it is to prayer. I know, I think in Proverbs 21, verse, uh, Proverbs 21, verse 31 says, uh, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And yes, we need to prepare our horses. But we, not, we can't ignore or forget our God, Amen. Safety is of the Lord. Doesn't mean that you don't, you know, practice driving. Doesn't mean you don't put on your seatbelt. Doesn't mean you don't care about anti-lock braking system or airbags. But boy, safety is of the Lord. Amen. Um, let's go to uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter four, first. Hebrews four, verse number fourteen through sixteen. And again, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of experienced drivers. Some of you have driven maybe many more miles than I have. But boy, we need to trust. We need to trust in the Lord. We, we need to pray. The Lord will watch over us. Uh, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14 through 16. And as we're turning there, let, let's just stand for a moment. But Hebrews 4, uh, verse number 14 to, to 16 there. Let's, let's read this together. It says, They're seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, thank you for standing. You may be seated. Aren't you glad that uh, God, great, we sing the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, as was written by the prophet Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations, uh, for his mercies are new every morning. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, um, but I, I, I could be honest with you about sometimes my thoughts, but are there sometimes there's some people that you're with and 
Either they, they've done something for whatever reason, they, they've disappointed us or they've offended us, and you're with people, after a short while, you kind of want to distance yourselves from people that maybe they irritate you. And, you know, we lack mercy. Um, I don't think I've lived a 24-hour day where I could say, wow, I've, I lived a perfect day in the eyes of God. I mean, I was filled with the Spirit of God every moment. And I didn't fall for any temptation. I, I was completely selfless. I was completely empty of myself. I was 100% filled with the Holy Spirit for 24 hours. Have any of us experienced that? You know, I mean, we, we fail daily. But aren't you, aren't you thankful that God never leaves us nor forsakes us? I mean, you're around children. You're around your spouse. You're around people. And sometimes, you know, it's easy that there's friction. And there are times that I'm with, uh, there's people either I work with throughout the day or people in my family. And you're like, oh, I haven't forget. I still remember what they did. Or, or, and you just you don't want to spend time with them. But our God, he, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And, and we're, I'm thankful that his mercies are new every morning. And here it says, and let us come boldly because of his mercy. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Psalm 89. Why? Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Not just when we need a miracle. Not just because there's a dream that my king wants me to reveal to him and to interpret for him. But we are, we are indeed a needy people. I remember recently, as, you know, as, as I mentioned, Proverbs 21, 31, uh, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. You know, at nighttime, I'm sure a lot of us, we, do we lock our doors at night? Do we lock the windows at night? Do some of you have a security alarm system in your homes? And some of you do, maybe some of you don't, but they're all important. Every night we go to bed, my wife always reminds me, say, did you lock the door? <laughs> She, she'll ask me every night. It's like, it's my chore. You know, it's one of my chores here. She says, hey, did you lock the door? I was like, I, I think so. <laughs> Let me go check. But you know, at the end of the day, when we're sleeping at nighttime, safety is of the Lord. Uh, turn with me, if you will, to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Again, the horse is prepared for the day of battle. We need to prepare our horses. We need to lock the doors. We need to do what we can. But we need to remember safety is of the Lord. We need to pray. And we need to really just depend and rely upon him. Psalm 121, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Praise the Lord for that. He will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil, he shall preserve thy soul. And note verse 8, the Lord shall preserve thy what? Thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And we should not take God for granted even while we're traveling. If, you, if you've driven over a, a, a quarter million miles, a half a million miles... The Lord shall preserve thy going forth and thy coming in. And we, boy, we need to pray. We're needy people. James 4 tells us this. Ye have not because ye ask not. Now what is the balance in all of this? 
It, this doesn't mean that if you're unemployed, that all you do is pray and you don't go look for work. And it doesn't mean that if you have an exam the next morning, that all you do is pray and you don't study. The Lord does not bless laziness, amen? We need to knock. I mean, I'm sorry, we need to ask, seek, and we need to knock. Um, so, but prayer is, is, is extremely important here. I can't overemphasize it because, I don't, like I said, I don't think any of us can say, you know, I pray enough. Let's go to Daniel now. We've been, we've been looking at Daniel most of this day. Daniel, Daniel 5, the importance of prayer. I cannot overemphasize it. We don't need to just pray when our, when our life is at risk or when we need a miracle. We're, we are needy people. Daniel, first we'll look at Daniel chapter 5. Daniel 5. Daniel, Daniel chapter, uh, we'll, we'll primarily look at chapter 6, but let's look at chapter 5 first. Chapter 5, give a little bit of background. Daniel 5, verse number 31, and Darius, what, what was his, what's Darius' background? Darius was a median. Darius the median took the kingdom, being about three score and six years old. What kingdom did he take? I want to just explain the setting a little bit. So Darius was a median, he took the kingdom, and this kingdom was Babylon. We, we get this from the context of chapter 5 of Daniel. And Belsazar, look at verse 1, Belsazar the king made a great feast to the thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belsazar, while he tasted the wine, commanded the vessels, uh, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels, which his father, who? Nebuchadnezzar. And he, we know he was the king of Babylon. So I'll explain the setting a little bit there. So you have Darius, you have the Medes and Persians, and they, they took control of Babylon there. Uh, so we'll get to chapter 6 here. Chapter 6. Uh, here we read, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was the first, that the princes might give accounts unto, uh, give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. He did not want to have a deficit. He didn't want to have a loss. He wanted to make sure he continued to have a profit and gains. Uh, and if you look at Daniel, what was Daniel's position? He was a place of prominence, wasn't he? There were three presidents, but he was first. Verse 3, Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to send him over the whole realm. Verse 4, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no occasion or fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men... Uh, then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So what were these men doing? They wanted to get rid of Daniel, didn't they? And most of us, if we know our Bibles, they, they decided to butter up the king, and they say, King, this is what, we think this is a good idea, King. What do you think? They gave the suggestion. They said, why don't you make a new uh, law, sign a new law here? We just need your signature here, that for 30 days... No one could pray to anyone but you. And if anyone uh, breaks this law, what's going to happen to them? What would happen? They're going to throw them in the lion's den. Well, that's, is that cruel and unusual punishment? But, you know, they didn't care. They weren't playing by the same rules. But here, they're, 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 they want to get rid of Daniel. They want Daniel killed. Now, what was Daniel's, what was his reputation? 
I mean, was he, was he a leader of some terrorist organization? Was he um, having secret handshakes with the mafia? I mean, I can understand if you see some corrupt leader here and say, man, let's get rid of this guy. I mean, we don't like this guy. This guy's corrupt. I mean, this guy, he's, he's evil. He's wicked. They spent time trying to dig up dirt on Daniel, and guess what? They found none. He was squeaky clean, but they hated him. They wanted to get rid of him anyways. And why is this? Because of a sin called jealousy, which happened when there was a, when there was a fallen angel named Lucifer, who was jealous because all the other angels were worshiping God. Were they not? And what did Lucifer, what was his desire? In Isaiah 14, I will be like the Most High. I will, I will. He wants to dethrone God, replace him. He wanted worship. And so you have these presidents and princes who were jealous. They said, we don't want to be first. Let's get rid of this guy. And what I want to say here is this. Don't be surprised if somehow you find favor in the eyes of your boss, you get promoted, and there are other people that are not excited. Why do you think the scripture says, rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep? Why is that in the Bible? Because there's human nature and tendency, we don't rejoice with others that are rejoicing. We don't give them a high five, they got promoted because, man, we thought, we thought the promotion should have come to us. I want that race. Is that true? It happens to all of us. And so they, they thought, boy, we, we try to find some fault with this guy, but boy, we can't find anything. Except, boy, this guy's very devoted to this God. And so they made up this unbiblical long rule that says, hey, why don't you come up with this, why don't you sign this law? I'll sign this in the law, King Darius. And look at verse 6. Then the president and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, which is a complete lie, is that right? All the presidents, well, I'm sorry, but verse 3 says, I'm sorry, verse 2 uh, says that there were three presidents and Daniel was the first. Is that right? And so say all the prisoners, they lie. There's a conspiracy going on here. The governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute to, and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast in the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing. Sign this in the law. And that's happening even today, passing these different bills. That it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the, the writing and the decree. Verse 10. Now Daniel began pouting. Now Daniel contemplated suicide. Now Daniel decided to say, Lord, I'll see you in 30 days. Right? I mean, I'll see you in 30 days. You know I love you. But I'll just see you in 30 days because, boy, if, if, if those 30 days they'll catch me praying, I'm going to be throwing the lion's den. And certainly, Lord, you don't want that to happen because I'm very important. I need to stay on the surf a little longer to leave more of a godly influence. No, he does not contemplate suicide. He doesn't pout. Nor does he just say, Lord, I'll see you in 30 days. What does he do here? He says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he opened, I'm sorry, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did a four time. 
Why? He gave thanks. I know there's some things being passed in legislation and bills, uh, and you know it's hard to give thanks sometimes, isn't it? But how how do you give thanks? Do we still acknowledge God's sovereignty overall? Oh, I'm not going to pay taxes anymore because my tax money, my tax dollars, being used in an unrighteous manner. He gave thanks, and when he prayed three times a day, I don't think he prayed during breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He prayed three times a day, giving thanks unto his God. Verse ten it tells us that he faced he, he was he prayed toward Jerusalem. Why did he do that? Why was he facing Jerusalem? Look at me to First Kings, First Kings chapter eight, verse number forty four. First Kings chapter eight, verse number forty four. First Kings chapter eight, verse number forty four. Why was he praying toward Jerusalem? And I'm saying that we need to pray toward, toward Jerusalem today. But it's written there. They give us that detail. Why do you do this? And maybe there's a principle that we, we, could, we could maybe apply to our lives. First Kings chapter 8, verse number 44. And, up, and we'll read to verse 52 there. Here It says, if, if thy, are we there? First uh, Kings chapter 8, verse 44. If, if thy people go out to battle against the, their enemy... Whithersoever thou shalt send them, and shall pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house that I have built for thy name, then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. If they sin against thee, for there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captives unto the land of the enemy, far or near. Now, where was Daniel? Daniel was in Babylon. It was ruled under Nebuchadnezzar and then his, his son, Belshazzar, and then later on, the Medes and Persians came, right? He was not in his own land. Far or near. Verse 47. Yet if, thou, if they shall bethink themselves in the land, whether they were carried captives, which will happen to Daniel, and repent and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that carried them captive, saying, We have sinned and have done perversely. We have committed wickedness. And so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies, which led them away, captive and pray unto thee toward their land toward where toward their land and daniel was following a scriptural principle here for first kings and you know it's good when we pray that we know the written word of god because god's will never violates his word amen and he followed a biblical principle here first kings 8 <clears throat> he, he prayed toward jerusalem there verse uh, number 11 daniel 6 let's return to daniel 6 here Daniel 6. And I'll make one other statement here. He did not say, Lord, I'll see you in 30 days. Which was tempting to do. Just like it was tempting for uh, the children of Israel. Some of them, they ate the portion of the king's meat. It is tempting. But here's a statement here. And it's not easy to answer. or, or, Or consider the thought. But I believe Daniel made his decision here. He says, this was Daniel's decision. He says, I would rather die praying, and, and I want you to listen carefully, I'd rather die praying than to live without prayer. He said, I would rather die praying than to live without prayer. 
And if we're not careful, some of us were, and if I'm not careful as well, I could go 30 days without praying or having a very shaky prayer life for 30 days. But Daniel says, you know, my intimacy with God through prayer, and I've seen God do miracles, including the dream and the interpretation, including finding favor with the prince of the eunuchs, including the fact that when I, we ate pulse after 10 days, physically we looked a lot better than those other Hebrews that compromised, including the fact that I was able to stand before the king in the palace. Amen? He was counting his blessings. He says, you know, I'd rather die praying than to live comfortably, not being lions, Dan, than to live without prayer. And I want to ask you, what choice do you want? Do you want to die praying or do you want to live without prayer? And Daniel says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to die praying. If you want to don't be in the lion's den, it's fine with me. I'm going, to, I'm, going to keep, I'm going to pray. And if I get eaten alive, I'm going, to, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be with the Lord. That was his choice. Look at verse number 11. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Has thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of God or any, or, I'm sorry, of any God or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, that Daniel, who they couldn't find any dirt on, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regarded not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh this petition three times a day. Verse 14, Then the king, when he heard this, was angry with Daniel. No, he wasn't angry with Daniel. The king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. He loved Daniel. He respected Daniel. He liked someone that had a good, clean reputation and a good testimony. He was displeased with himself. And notice the, the rest of the verse, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. Well, Daniel had the king on his side. But notice, verse 15, then these men assembled, uh, assembled unto the king and said unto the king, No, O king, the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. Isn't this interesting? You would think that the law of the land that the one that has most power and can even abuse his own power, if you will, and change the rules, would have been the king. But he was powerless. And there are times in life when we need to say, who are we looking for for help? The most powerful man here in the land was absolutely helpless. He could not deliver Daniel. But aren't you glad that we serve a living God? The God who created the universe. He's our help. Amen. Verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him in the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose, I'm sorry, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. So he signed it. Uh, and 
they had to carry forth his orders. Verse 18, And the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. So here's the king. What happened to the king? He was as pleased with himself. He tried everything he could within his power, although you would think he had the most power in the land. He was powerless to help Daniel. He, he didn't eat. He passed the night fasting. He didn't have any music, any entertainment, and he didn't sleep. And then verse 19, when the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions, verse 20, when, and when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel, amen, unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Now, I don't know if Daniel slept, but he might have slept better than the king did that night. Now, I'm not saying that we ought to tempt the Lord God and, and again, drive and don't pray, or, or let's, let's just go to a local zoo and, and ask to see if we go into the lion's cage. But, you know, our God delivered Daniel, and he prayed three times a day. He gave thanks, and we can only imagine, what did he pray? Did he pray that the Lord would deliver him? Probably did. And the Lord delivered him. But as we look further, maybe there's even more specific prayer here. Look at verse 23. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Now, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, thus saith the Lord. Is that right? And it's very, you know, again, it's easy to have a whole lot of bitterness. It's easy to say, how can I get even? These presidents and princess, they made up this terrible law just so they wanted to get rid of me. But he wasn't trying to scheme or find ways to get back. And what happened? Look at verse 24. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the, and the lions had mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces or ever, they came at the bottom of the den. And I don't, I'm not saying that maybe Daniel prayed, but I know even David prayed some imprecatory prayers, if you look at the Psalms. And maybe he was, he was remembering what Deuteronomy said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. I, I'm not sure, but the king says, you know, I'm going to take these men that try to frame a good man. And why did he take their wives and their children? Maybe he just felt like the whole conspiracy, that everyone was involved together. And they decided to just deal with all of them. Look at me to Proverbs 11, Proverbs 11, verse 6. Proverbs 11, 6. This is a wonderful verse here. In Proverbs 11, verse number 6, the Word of God says, The righteous of the upright shall deliver them. Well, God delivered Daniel. But transgressors shall be taken... Oh, I'm sorry, what was I at? Oh, I'm sorry. Verse number eight. I, I, I apologize. Verse number eight. The, the righteousness uh, is delivered out, out of trouble, and the wicked cometh where? Cometh in this stead. Daniel, you could, you could leave the lion's den, and here's these wicked men who's full of jealousy and had a murderous heart, and says, hey, why don't you take Daniel's place? 
The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked shall come in his stead. And that is what happened. Right, uh, we see this fulfilled here. Before I continue, I, God delivered Daniel. Amen. He prayed. But I do, I do want to state something here uh, to have a balance in this, this message here. Um, if we think of the New Testament story, we know of a man by the name of Stephen. What happened to Stephen? Stephen was stoned. He was stoned to death, one of the first martyrs in the book of Acts. And did God deliver Stephen? Do you think he was delivered? And, you know, when we think of all that may go on in other parts of the world, and, and heaven forbid it will happen here in America, but I believe Stephen was probably stoned in broad daylight. Do you think he was stoned in broad daylight? Quite possibly. Because I don't think they were holding their torches or lanterns to make sure they, they could see better. They stoned him in broad daylight. And do you think any of those, his murderers were brought to justice? But what did Stephen, what did he see? He saw the Son of God at the right hand of the Father. He stood up. It was almost like he stood up and he wanted to welcome Stephen home. And what was his amazing prayer that was very hard to fathom? He was praying for his murderers. He says, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Wow. His last breath, what was Stephen doing? He was praying. Amen? He was praying. <clears throat> prayer. Prayer. Verse 25, we'll, we'll finish the story. Verse 25, then King Darius wrote unto, this is, this is amazing here. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Can you imagine here is a, he was not a Jew. Uh, this king, he wrote a letter to whom? It's almost like he, he wrote a letter. He wanted the whole world to read this. And not only did he, he wrote unto all people, nations, and what? In verse number 25, he wrote it unto all languages. Can you imagine any king on earth, any president, that wanted to circulate something to the entire world and saying, I want everyone, even in my own kingdom, I, can't, I don't rule all the kingdoms, but especially my kingdom, that men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. And this all happened. I know sometimes you think that the, the aspect of missions is, boy, let's get on out there, let's talk to people, let's preach, let's evangelize. And yet Daniel, not because he went and talked to every individual one-on-one, -on -one, not because he traveled to all these nations and peoples and languages, but because he was a man of prayer, and he'd rather die praying than to live without prayer. That he influenced a man who had power, political power. That he wrote a letter unto all people, nations, and languages. Isn't that amazing? A medium, uh, a median king. Prayer, prayer, 
Prayer. I've been focusing on that a lot today. Amen? Prayer. We need to pray. I'll end with this in closing. Because, you know, you can say we have, we have, and we should respect the office of the pastor. But sometimes at times, whether I'm in Beijing and I'm, I'm trying to do my very best to preach a Polish, a Mandarin Chinese message. But, you know, I'll tell you this. As a pastor, I don't, I don't want to be a lord over God's shepherd and sheep, I should say, God's sheep. So I don't really say, you know, let me just tell you as a, as a foreigner who needs to be careful, otherwise at any moment they could just, you know, say, I don't, we don't want to renew your visa, you can't stay here anymore. But as we're there, how much power does a pastor have? I am not anyone's Holy Spirit, but I'll tell you a story about prayer, because we've been focusing on this a lot in, in our house church in Beijing. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a sweet couple. We, we love this family. They have a, a, a great testimony. But they were in the acting business. And no, there, there isn't a, um, a movie, uh, I guess what we say, a producer that's going to make movies like Courageous or Fireproof or War Room. Uh, you know, there's, it's just, you know, you think of Hollywood and, and all the filth that they, that they uh, produce on the name of entertainment. But I remember this, this, this couple, and I love this family. Uh, they're, they're, they're a wonderful family. And I, but, you know, being in Hollywood or the Hollywood version in China, there's a lot of temptations. And we know this young man that uh, two years ago, he, again, you know, they, they don't, he wasn't shooting film, but he was, he, he was in doing things for, for television. But he was away from his wife for about 100 days at a time. And when you're gone for that long, there's temptations. You're away from her for 100 days, and you're with other actresses, and you, know, you need to look good on, on television, right? So they know how to put on the makeup, doing all the hair. And long story short, he, was, he became unfaithful to his wife. I don't know how, what happened. I don't need to know all the details, how many times. But he, he confessed that, and his wife forgave him. And they, they, they moved on. And then another year comes by and something happens again. And uh, they're thinking, well, what can I do? Because in China, it's not very easy to, to change your career. I mean, it is, it, it's just, it's not. And so that they, they knew of another a couple, a Chinese couple that left China, went to America, and went to a Christian university. So they said, hey, why don't, you, why don't we leave to a Christian university? Maybe, maybe we could go there somehow and, 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 and uh, start over. And so they thought, let's explore that. But he did not want to. He says, no, I went to this, one of the most famous Beijing universities for acting. And I haven't even come close to reaching the pinnacle of my career. I mean, I, I want people to recognize me. I want people to want my autograph. I want people to take pictures of me. I mean, I want to be rich and famous. It was too much to give up. And, you know, I, what can I say? I, I, I'm a missionary pastor. I should say, you know what, boy, you're, you've already you, you've messed up a couple of times in your marriage. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your, your child. And, uh, no, you should give up this job. Boy, I'm going to exercise my pastoral power here. I didn't have any of that. So I said, well, I, you know, brother, I'll pray for you. I, I know your wife's desire is to somehow, and, and she was also in the acting business. They were both actor and actress. Long story short, through a lot of time praying for them, they, they finally had an opportunity to come to America during the early part of this year. And they came, and they went to different places. They went to one, I'm not going to mention names, but they went to a university. It wasn't very good. And, I, and you know, I didn't tell them the university. I had mixed feelings about that university, but I knew it was, a, it was an opportunity, it was a way out to escape their lifestyle there in China. 
And I thought, well, let's see. Okay, well, I'll pray for you. You, you go there. You, you explore. But, you know, but I'm thankful they went there. I didn't tell them, boy, there's, there's these standards. You know, it's just all worldly now. But they went there, and just long story short, they had Christian rap. And they're hearing all this, and they said, you know, I'm not comfortable here. It, it sounded good to my flesh, but it didn't touch my heart at all. And they went exploring. They found another more conservative university. And, and I, I, didn't, I never talked to them, period, about, you know, uh, which churches to visit, which university to visit. And through prayer, they decided, you know, I think we want to come here. The music's better. They use a better Bible version. They don't use the NIV. They use the King James there. And I said, you know, and he, even though they're Chinese, they don't really understand King James anyways. But they said, okay, you know, I think we're going to go here. They went back. And he was getting to be, he's becoming to be more popular. We had, we had a, a special fellowship on New Year's Day at the restaurant. Some of the waiters and waitresses recognized him. He, he was starting to get popular in China. And they said, hey, let's get a picture of this guy. And of all that temptation to say, I'm going to stay in this. If I, if I keep doing it more in television, they're going to put me in the, in the latest movies. Not as a supporting actor, but maybe as the star. But he says, you know, I don't want this anymore. It doesn't appeal to me. And I remember he said, you know, I, I, I'm going to give this up. And he says, I'm going I'm to, if I go to America, I don't know what job I'm going to get. I don't even speak English. <laughs> and, and so he, but I'm going to come by faith. And, he, and he, you know, everyone kept saying, if you're going to go to the U.S. Embassy to apply for a student visa, you have a 10% chance of passing. Because for one, you're too old. I mean, you're in your 30s. For two, um, you know, you majored in acting in, what are you studying? What university is this? For three, why are you giving up your job? No one in the right mind will give up this job. And, and you have a wife and family, and you look like you're not going to go there to study. You, you want to go to the immigrate to America. And so they said, you, you have about a 10% chance of passing. They're giving him no hope. And, and, you know, we prayed, we prayed. And when he got there, he was nervous. But that's when he knew the prayer without ceasing. He, he just kept singing and praying. And when he got there, the lady in front of him, now he didn't know, he didn't know any of the, of the, anyone in the U.S. Embassy. They're in Beijing. He didn't know any of the uh, visa officers. But the, la- the lady in front of him went, and the, the lady officers denied the person in front of him. He says, next, with a smile. He says, oh. And he got there, and the interview lasted less than one minute, asked him two questions, and he passed. He passed. And... Uh, a few days later, they, 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 they owned a couple of homes in Beijing. They sold one of them. And the first person that came to look at their home, they sold it for a lot of money. I'm not going to give the total, but a lot. And, and, you know, we praise the Lord for opening that door. But, you know, it's all through prayer. It's all through prayer. And uh, prayer is, is just so important. And, you know, his desire, and we'll see what the Lord does. He says he loves these movies that we're able to watch. But a lot of these movies, they're in English. Or you need to read the Chinese subtitles. He says, why, don't, why, why aren't there Christians, whether in China, in Hong Kong, in Singapore, or Chinese overseas, why can't they produce a movie for the Chinese people where they don't need to have a dubbed over voice or the re-subtitles? He says, if the Lord opens his door, I want to come to America study and perhaps make some Christian movies for God's glory. 
Now, we don't know what's going to happen. But I'm praying for him. He gave that all up, and I praise the Lord for that. Prayer. Prayer is so important. Delivered from the Chinese Hollywood lifestyle. And he's going to start in September. We're going to miss him. We're going to miss their family. But prayer, amen? Prayer. Let's stand, up. Let's stand for closing prayer. Let's stand. Father, we, we're, we're humbled. Lord, you are the king of glory. You're bigger than your own creation. This universe couldn't even contain you. And yet you would hear our prayers. Father, the prayer of my heart is help me to enjoy praying. Help me to desire God. Help me to not think that prayer is just a drudgery. Help us all, Lord, to desire to be in your presence. To come boldly before the throne of grace. And stay there. Enjoy sweet fellowship with you. And Lord, even we're, we're out of our prayer closets, help us to maintain a spirit of prayer. Where our cell phones, like our cell phones, is, is always on. And we're always continually praying to you. Lord, we thank you for Daniel's testimony. Lord, he, he enjoyed prayer so much that even if there was a, a law that threatened capital punishment, that it didn't stop him from praying. Lord, Daniel saw so much in his lifetime. He saw many dreams and visions. He was able to interpret some. I know that today we look at Daniel 4, but I believe Daniel 4 was written by, part of it was written by Nebuchadnezzar, who came to know the, 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 the Most High God. And we see here Daniel, who prayed and kept praying, and you delivered him from the lion's mouth. And even the king, Darius, found favor, or gave him much favor. To such a degree, he was willing to write to all people, nations, and languages, telling everyone that his kingdom, he wants everyone in his kingdom to tremble in fear, the God of Daniel. Lord, help us to be mighty for God by being mighty with God in prayer. Lord, do a work in the people that we work with, in the neighbors that we live around, in government leaders. Do a work. Lord, we thank you for law enforcement. We thank you, Lord, for what they do. Serve and protect. But Lord, we pray for them. Help them know that there's a higher law. The law of God. And Lord, help us be bold in prayer. Help us be bold in, in our declaration of God's word. Lord, help us to pray more. The disciples cried, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, we see how even Darius was powerless, although maybe we think he had more power than anyone else in the land. But he, even he couldn't alter the decree he signed to deliver Daniel. But we thank God that while man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And Lord, help us to see some of those miracles happen in and through our lives around us by prayer by depending upon God, by looking to you. Well, thank you again for hearing and answering, for help us, Lord.
to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.